Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to uh, another episode of On Purpose. Uh, I'm Dr. John Duffy, and over there is the new creative director of Parent Nation. Do I have this right, Heidi? Yes, so far so good. Yeah, um, Heidi Stevens, who is also still part of your Chicago Tribune on Sundays. Right. Um, what, am I missing anything career-wise? No, <laughs> that's plenty. <laughs> that is ample. Uh, yes, I am over here at uh, University of Chicago working as the creative director, as you said, for Parent Nation, which is super, super fun, and I'll keep everybody um, up to speed on it as it develops. It's a book um, coming out in April and we're building a whole campaign around it. Actually, I, we're going to be, um, Dana Suskin, the author and I are going to be at LitFest. Um, I think September 11th, we're waiting for the final, oh, final date and time, but I think it's Saturday, September 11th at LitFest, I think around noon. So, um, when I know for sure, I'll update in like the Facebook comments and stuff when we share this podcast, but, um, but yeah, if anybody is listening and interested in learning more about Parent Nation and this new gig, um, that would be a super fun, um, I think interesting, informative, um, talk to I attend. Am- I am confident that it will be, um, if I'm available September 11th, I'm going to be there. Uh, and yeah, that, um, it it sounds so I have had the opportunity to talk to Heidi a little bit about this. It sounds so big and important and fun. Um, and, um, uh, and, and you, um, and Dana sound like the perfect partnership for, for this thing. So congratulations. That's just awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really cool. And we've got, we've run it by some kind of big, exciting names who are hopping on board, which I'll share down the road as we can. And um, it's just, it's going super, super well. So gives awesome. me some hope at a time when a lot in the world feels pretty broken. Oh my God. I mean, we could spend um, all of our time just, you know, going over the headlines of things that are broken and enraging and upsetting. And, um, and we're not going to do that, but what, what crazy times, you know? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about kids maybe. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, as your friend and podcast partner and someone who sees what you post and all your guests, you know, gigs on various media outlets. Um, I feel like you are sounding the alarm kind of over and over that, um, teenagers right now are not okay. That, you know, our kids are really struggling with a lot. And I, I feel like we've talked about this before, but I want to talk about it again because it feels really urgent right now. Like school just started back up. And for some teenagers, school just started back up for the first time and, you know, in a real way in over a year. Like my daughter just started sophomore year um, of high school Monday and um, she had only really, she's there five days a week now. Um, She was there last year as a freshman. She went to school two days a week from April 
to June and that was it. And, and, you know, bef- and nothing since March, 2020 prior to that, um, right. you know, that that's the reality for most Chicago public schools, uh, students. My son just started seventh grade at first time he set foot in a school building since he was a fifth grader. Um, oh. you know, ki- this is playing out in all different ways, but in some way, um, all over the country and, and in a lot of countries around the world. And, and that by itself is a stressor, you know? Um, and I just, I want to hear what you're hearing in your office when you talk to teenagers to the degree that you can share and still mm-hmm. respect people's privacy, of course. Um, and also like, if we can talk about ways that, um, you know, we as parents or allies or friends of of these kids can help and and also not make things worse on them, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so oh, most of the kids that I'm meeting, and every fall, there is kind of an onslaught of kids. You know, something about, like, the summer. It, let's take the pandemic out of it for just a second. Okay. Um, every fall, just as, as school starts, um, somehow summer's a little bit of a reprieve or mom and dad feel like, okay, we can keep these things, you know, keep our child's um, angst or anxiety or depression or whatever it is they're suffering we can keep that at bay or can manage that here at home. But once they get back in school, a lot of the problems that they've been suffering uh, rise back up to the surface. And so September, October tend to be kind of a tidal wave of, of uh, referrals. Um, mm-hmm. And most every kid now that I'm meeting has a story to tell, like your junior, your will, like, you know, um, the this, this seniors, For example, whether it's high school or college, have this story where they're like, well, I hope this is a normal year because I've only had one. Like my my freshman year was the only one where we we just went to school. The rest of this has all been tainted by all this strange stuff on top of and, and that's not that's not the lion's share of what bothers them, Um, you know, what the things that are on their mind have to do with, um, unlike I think what a lot of us suffered, where I think a lot of our concerns, I'll speak for myself, my friends, the people I knew in high school and in college, our concerns were pretty immediate. We, we really were thinking about like, what's happening now? What's going on this weekend? What's happening in my little piece of the world, you know? Um, and so uh, everything was pretty condensed and small and still, (laughs) still we were struggling. I had a great deal of anxiety when I was a kid. Um, and a a lot of people, um, my, uh, couple of my, um, roommates in college were depressed. And so it's not like nobody was going through anything then right now kids worlds are so big, so global. And, um, and they think about the now they think about like, you know, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. I can see all the things on social media that I'm missing out on and everybody who looks so amazing. Yep. And I can also see that, oh, my gosh, uh, New York is underwater and yep. um, Afghanistan's uh, uh, falling apart and the West is on fire. And, uh, you know, there and Texas is a disaster. And 
Um, you know, so and and for for whatever reason, it, this stuff sticks to kids. They they care in a way that and, and not to be um, not to overpraise them, but they care in a way that certainly my generation didn't care. You know, like right. we we were definitely we we gave a little lip service to you know um, human rights and you know um, the causes that concerned us. These kids are wrecked by what's going on in the right. world. And so, well, you know, there's, go ahead, just, No, just one tiny example. Um, my daughter and her friends uh, just this week were talking about both, will they get asked to homecoming or should they plan a group of friends to go to homecoming together? And will there be homecoming or will it be canceled mm -hmm. by a virus? So, I mean, it's sort of like, Right there, the yin and the yang, not that a canceled homecoming is equivalent to, you know, what's happening in Afghanistan, but it's a canceled homecoming because of a global pandemic that's, you know, caused the death of millions of people. So it's like, you know, they're they're grappling with really huge stuff, but still also grappling with the fairly minor stuff that doesn't feel minor. Um, no. While they're going through it, that's just the stuff of adolescence. Will I get asked to the dance? Will I, you know, if I go to the dance with friends, will they blow me off? Will I go to the dance and not feel like I look as good as the other kids? You know, like all that stuff is still on their minds. They're not like they haven't risen above that because they're living through a pandemic, because Afghanistan's a mess, because the, you know, climate change is at their front door. Right. Um, no, they're they're 16, 16 is still 16. 16 I mean, is absolutely. Still 16. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. um, yeah, I'm hearing that a lot. That, that very thing, you know, like, um, will I be asked to homecoming? Will I ask somebody, will they say yes? Will I say yes? Will I want to go with that person? You know, that kind of like that kind of stuff that I, I think a lot of us want our teenagers to be able to, think about it. it feels like kind of the um developmentally the right place for them to be yeah uh, and yet you know to have to tie that to this massive global concern of yeah, you, the, also there might not be a homecoming because of a spike in you know this uh deadly virus you know right. like, that seems seems now to be affecting children and this is the second year in a row and you know um even though our parents and teachers and all the the adults that we uh, love and trust are telling us, oh, you know, it's going to be okay and we'll make it through this. It's getting old. You know what it's I mean? It's getting like, really old. Yeah. And yeah. How they're they're is exhausted. It exhausted. Exactly. And speaking of exhaustion, because we know when we're exhausted, how it manifests itself in ways that don't necessarily look like fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. um, it can right. come across as rage or anger or sadness or all kinds of things. H how is it manifesting itself? Like what are, how are our kids kind of, um, what are they doing in their friendships and their families and their academics um, because of what they're going through? I mean, I, I'm watching, um, you know, especially my daughter just go through just a tremendous amount of, um, I don't have a great word for it, but I guess kind of drama, um, yeah. you know, fr friendship drama. And it's not, um, it's not like, oh, well, you know, teenage girls, it's like, um, 
friends of hers who are um, boys, friends who are, I mean, it, it's not, it, it's sort of across the board. Um, it feels like um, friendships feel tenuous. People aren't being super careful with each other's feelings. There's mm-hmm. a lot of um, maybe reading into stuff that didn't, wasn't intended to be super mean, but all of a sudden it's like friendship ending. Like it's a lot of stuff that maybe this is just, you know, my first time having a sophomore in high school. Um, but it feels like, and I'm hearing from friends that, you know, people's nerves, kids nerves are just shot. And, and what do they do with that? And what do we tell them to do with it? What are they doing with it? Yep. Yeah. I'm asking Uh, a lot. I'm run, No, but I, I'm running into all of that, Heidi, where, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting the feeling from kids that um, the the practice effect of their kind of carrying on their friendships has been not entirely abbreviated, but it's been super choppy for a long time. Mm. And, you know, even your 16 year old, you know, and the, and the, the 16, 17, 18 year olds I work with. If you take a year and a half out of their connections, like, you know, where, where it's really a deep connection, where it's not just like I'm texting you or I'm hitting you up on Snapchat or we're talking for a few minutes on FaceTime, but we're spending like hours together on a weekend night and, you know, and, and to miss out on a lot of that. Or we're seeing each other in the hallway uh, before school and we're hugging for 20 seconds. And you know what I mean? Like a lot of that stuff has been missing. And so I think these kids are trying to put their friendship pieces back together and almost remember like, how's this supposed to feel? And, you know, and, and they feel the kids I'm working with feel kind of emotionally raw and sensitive. I think coming into this school year with like, high expectations, high hopes, lots of fears about things mm. not going well, mm. very low energy levels. Um, but, but the connections between them do feel frayed. Mm. And if I, I think maybe we overestimate the degree to which, um, that angsty drama stuff was the bastion of the teenage girl, um, because I, I think I'm, I'm thinking back 20 years, you know, I've been doing this a while and boys have carried a lot of this stuff all the way through, but never more than now, you know, um, I probably am running into more boys who feel lonely, isolated, wondering what other people think of them, um, than girls, you know, I, I, I wow. sense, um, a yeah. hair more confidence in and, and comfort in their core friendships, at least amongst girls, I'm working with a good number of boys who feel like, man, I, I'm wholly disconnected. Like I don't have even those one or two like solid, you know, core people I can lean on and Mm -hmm. know like somebody's there for me. And if you think about being a teenager, man, that's no small thing, you know, like that's huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes this is something my daughter and I were talking about the other night. Sometimes when you feel desperate for friends or a community of friends, you'll, you know, come up with social capital that maybe isn't really yours to spend, right? Like Mm. spread some gossip around or 
share a secret that someone told you that, you know, they told you in confidence and you shouldn't be spreading it. But like, if this is your chance to maybe make a friend or like get included in a group and you're feeling lonely and sort of friendless or groupless, like sometimes you're going to make that call to gossip, right. Or to tell that secret or to betray someone's trust. And, um, I think, you know, that is something we still do as adults, (laughs) um, you know, and so, (laughs) (laughs) um, to expect, you know, kids to not sort of fall into that trap sometimes is probably not super fair. But then, you know, when you're kind of on the the other end of that, the one being talked about or the one whose secret got revealed, like that can feel like such a betrayal that you can't bounce back from it. So it's also like this era where they need to have so much grace with each other, but they're also so tender you know around each other and so easily wounded and um it's just a lot it is a lot and and you're right uh, that that last phrase so easily wounded um this is this is where i think maybe you know parents um don't quite understand the degree to which their kids are super super sensitive right you know um because kids are so easily wounded by each other. They're, they're super sensitive. They're super kind of keyed in and plugged into one another. And so if somebody, uh, crosses that line and betrays their trust in some way, and that can be, that can be big now where, whereas that used to be like, you know, I'm going to whisper this, uh, bit of gossip into this other person's ear that can be a post now. That can be a status. Yeah. That can, you know what I mean? Like that can be right. broad. A TikTok video. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, that can have like, you know, legs, you know, whether, yep. uh, and, and I've worked with kids who have um, posted those and were alarmed at like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't mean, <laughs> I didn't mean for this kind of reaction, but yep. if it's salacious enough and if it's, you know, um, juicy enough, of course, people are going to react and they're going to react big. Um, And so, you know, in in a way, I feel like kids are super sensitive and carrying around these tools for, um, for managing that, that, that they're not really that well equipped to manage, nor necessarily are we or anybody else, you know, Um, I think it's really hard when you're hurt to figure out how to how to manage that, right? You know, how to, you know, manage that with a, a person or a group of people. Um, and if you're lonely, um, how to navigate the hopelessness of that into like something other than just inertia and lethargy. And I'll just sit here in my room and binge watch or play the video game or, you know, but uh, I, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go and try because I don't know. I don't know the first step in doing that, you know? Yeah. What should we as parents do and maybe just as important not do? I mean, it's tempting to say like, well, let's really limit, you know, how much our kids are exposed to the, you know, sorrows of the world or, you know, like turn off CNN when they're home or whatever, but it's like, okay, that doesn't matter. I mean, my son, this is another kind of dumb little example, but my son got in the car after school the other day and he goes, um, it's so sad that Edward Asner died. And I was like, 
What? Like, first of all, Edward was hilarious because I've never heard him called Edward. Perfect. But I was also like, how the hell do you know who Ed Asner is? You're 12. And I was like, yeah, no, it is sad. How do you, how do you know who that is? Um, right, right, that right. Died today. Um, <laughs> Were you a big Lou Grant friend? Uh, right, fan, exactly. Uh, you know, seventh he's like, grader. <laughs> he's like he was Santa and Elf, and I'm like, oh, right, he was. Right. He's like, and he was an up. I'm like, oh, totally. How do you know he died? He's like, because he died. Like, it's like, how yeah. Do, how, how do I know news? Um, <laughs> it's news. You know what I'm right. saying? There's no like. I'm not going to tell him that. He's got a lot on his mind. Like, he already knows. The thing yep. I don't want him to know, he already knows. Um, they all already know. They, they know all, all already things, know everything. Right. You know, the, right. They know about the, the hurricane. Is, they know about Afghanistan. Yes. They know about the flooding in New York. They know it all. Yeah. Don't keep yourself in thinking they don't know. And they know that all of this might shut down, this being school, this being restaurants. They know they might have it all yanked out from under them again in a week. Like, they know it all. Yep. There's no, like, trying to sort of filter what they know so what do we do so i wish that um i wish that every parent had the opportunity to go to grad school in psych um and i'm i'm kind of joking and kind of not um because one of the main things we learn is to shut up you know mm. <laughs> i mean you know Yes. Um, and, you know, what 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 I when I see a family for the first time, what typically happens is, um, you know, child comes in, reports this problem that they're suffering socially. Uh, I feel alone or there's this group of people that's kind of making fun of me, um, whatever it is. And um, and parents uh, and, and it's heartbreaking because no parent wants this for their kid, you know, and so oh. they do what people naturally do. It's kind of like the war room is, you know, okay, do this, try this. If only you would just host the thing, then of course people are going to show up. And instead of listening to what your child has to say, you know, like, yeah. and, and to really just to, to, to hear them out on everything they have to say is so it's hard. It is very hard. It's hard not to jump in and say, yeah, but, you know, you're just sitting in your room. If you would just go out, go to the go to the football game. That's easy. You know, you're going to see people there. Yeah. Fine. Maybe true. But if if a kid's not heard, um, they're not going to they're not going to do the thing because they're going to know and they're going to be right. You don't really get it. You're not hearing me here. You know, like this is this is really bad. I'm really having a hard time. And. Yes, I could probably send out a text and say, hey, everybody, come watch up with me and we will celebrate Ed Asner's life. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> Edward. Edward Asner. Edward, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the formal Sir, Sir Edward. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> he died, John. You know. <laughs> I, I apologize. All due respect. I really right. take it back. Um, but, you know, to to miss the idea that this is really hard for me, you know, or I'm scared to death that I'm going to send out this group text and I'm going to get, uh, nine crickets. for nine. notes. Yeah. you know what I mean? No, yeah. Nobody's coming crickets. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and to ignore that, uh, and, and just, just, just throw out the, you know, ideas, um, kind of is almost like saying directly, 
Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> you know, right. Uh, you know, and, and I need you to feel better because I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> right. And, and, um, and your kids need to know at the very least that for the time being, you can take it, that you are a go-to for them. Mm. And, um, you know, if they're, if they're alone, if they're struggling, um, and, or if they're, you know, getting picked on, which, this still happens. There's still, you know, bullying takes a lot of different forms now, but it still happens a lot, you know, um, that they know, okay, I can talk to my parents about this. And yeah, just they don't that. need to protect us no. from it. They don't no. need to think like, oh, my parents are going to be so disappointed in me or embarrassed by me or feel so sad for me or like, I can't yep. put this on them. I have to yep. and then protect, And then yeah. they're going to push me. They're, they're, they're going to, they're going to just, you know, have me go out and do the thing. And I've, and Heidi, I've worked with so many kids who have, and this is kind of heartbreaking, but this is true. Just given their parents lip service, like on a yeah. Friday night and just left the house, you know, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go over to Tim's and yeah. just walk around, drive around alone, you know, yeah. come back like, yeah, it was great. You know, um, yeah. how much, how much worse is that? Right. Than just oh. being, being heard out at the very least. I know, I know, oh. but that's, that, that's part of our reality. Right. I mean, and, um, and don't you think it's very heartbreaking. Um, and don't you think we, they feel like we sort of don't, understand their reality at all and they don't I, I don't get the sense from young people today that they think someday they'll be us um, right or, or or one day we were them I think they think of us as kind of like a different species mm. that they're not gonna <laughs> yeah. evolve or age into one day it's sort of like yeah that that's you I that will never be me um, and I'm me and you were never me and they're kind of right. I mean, and, you know, you see this in different stories and statistics about how few, you know, young people want like, you know, a quote unquote, quote, career the way we did. Right. Or like right. how how less willing they are to kind of, um, you know, just sacrifice themselves at the altar of work and, you know, uh, chase, you know, huge income or promotion or, mm. you know, do whatever the boss wants them to do. Or, um, you know, they question authority more than we do. They have their priorities yeah. lined up a little bit better than we did, I would argue. And, and some of it is that, you know, thing systems worked for us and maybe the generation before us in a way that they aren't gonna for these guys like you could you know go to college and get a job and not graduate with you know six figures of debt and and also sure. buy a house and you know like have a house <laughs> and a car and like those things just aren't really statistically the case anymore like you're gonna graduate with a fuck ton of debt <laughs> my favorite word um you're not gonna Which be able to buy a house like have, I mean, by the way yeah right. <laughs> it's just the 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 setup that we sort of have sold them on and that we were sold on, like, it's just not really true anymore. So, of course, they should probably reject a lot of that. But it, I'm just saying, like, you see this play out where they're like, I'm not I'm not going to do it the way you did it. I don't want to. It doesn't work anymore. Um, and so 
I feel like sometimes, you know, in addition to not shutting up and listening, we tell them advice that's kind of like, yeah, that doesn't apply. A hundred percent, Heidi. Yeah. And, and, and as a result of exactly that, I think there's this element of hopelessness that sets in, right? Because they're, they're the structures that, um, we were able to benefit from, um, are still in place. It still looks very much the same, right? Like, oh, I go through school, I get into a decent college, I get a job. That's that's um, that's the course of things. I buy a house, I buy a car. Um, right. So it all looks um, similar, um, and yet kids are so savvy about the realities, uh, the, the the fiscal realities, I suppose, of that. But they'll also they're super observant, and even if I think things were similar to what they were 30 years ago. A lot of kids look at their parents' lives, really examine them in a mm-hmm. way that kind of blows me away mm-hmm. and decide very young, like, ooh, that's no, the punchline. No, thank <laughs> right. you. Right. You know, like that, that, that right. this is where we're headed. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't seem happy. They don't seem, right. you know, um, they're working all the time. They're yep. stressed out. Um, and, and, they went to, you know, maybe some really good schools and they got these great jobs coming out of school. They were making money right away. I don't think I have that in me. You know, like a lot of kids really question, like, uh, I, I don't know if I'm smart enough for that. Um, or I, I don't know if I have that in me, even if, even if all the pieces were in place, I don't know if I can get there. You know, well, um, and, the, and, and I'm pretty sure the, the pieces aren't in place. Sta- yeah, the stakes have changed. I mean, it is demonstrably harder to get into schools that some of us got into. Not me. I went to Eastern. But, you know, um, ha- you know, hard schools to get into are, you know, exponentially harder to get into now for our. It's so kids, hard to, to, get to, be to, fair. to really yeah. understand that. Yeah. I mean, but that is a reality, you know, like um, and, and it's not crucial to get into an Ivy league school in order to be successful. But there, there is, um, a fairly substantial group of kids who feel like, you know, um, I have to do that, you know, and and it becomes kind of an all or nothing affair. Um, in that it's, uh, I work with kids who either are incredibly type a, um, trying to, you know, get into every AP class and uh, that they can and, um, and stress themselves, um, into, you know, so much anxiety, um, and other kids who decide early on what we're talking about and just decide, you know what, forget it. It's not, yeah. it's not going to work out. It's not happening. Um, you know, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel on this thing and just gonna mm-hmm. see what happens, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, and not, neither one is a great place to be. So I think maybe our, um, in, in very, very brief, our mandate is, uh, is probably to do, to do more listening and, um, and work with our kids to find the hope for their future and, and accept the reality that that's, that we don't know what that is. You yeah. know, that, that, that's, a, that's probably a journey we're going to have to take with them, not a lecture we can just lend to them. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And just acknowledge that we don't, you know, to, to ourselves more than anything that we don't actually 
know what they need to do right. <laughs> differently. Right. You know, we just should probably right. listen to what they're feeling um, about all of the stuff they're grappling with instead of like coming up with, you know, a formula that worked for us or, you know, exactly. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think once again, we've kind of figured the thing out. Um, right. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> we are batting. What's, what's a good thing to bat? I don't know. Uh, let's say we're batting like yeah, 300. Uh, uh, Let's go with 300. 300 okay, is a little better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as much baseball as I watch. I was going to say, would, for, for a know. baseball fan. <laughs> um, I have a baseball well, vehicle. I, <laughs> all right. That's I right. I give people two baseball. Do... I watch it. I don't understand. <laughs> anyway. Well, our last podcast, uh, so I've gotten, it was a couple of months ago probably, and I got some alarmed notes from a couple of listeners. I don't know if you did because what Scott called it, not to any fault of Scott's because it was true, was the end of an era. And so I think people thought, oh, you guys are just done. Why are you done? (laughs) (laughs) We're not done. The the era I think was that uh, your full-time work at the Tribune. I think that's what that was a reference to. We're not done. You're not, you're not rid of us yet. Um, So we'll be back soon. Yeah, who knows when, but soon. Right, right. (laughs) All right, good talking to you, John. All right, good talking to you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye.